now. Hello, Sam. You're right, Simon. How are things? I'm all right, thank you very much. I suspect you probably want to know about my week, don't you? Yeah, I do actually. How how was your week, Simon? Well, it's it's funny you should ask me that because uh, I've been doing a lot of walking this week. What we've been in the lockdown and the global pandemic and the and the virus and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I was out walking, and it's funny because the more walking you you do, the more you see this thing. Right? I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but you walk down some sort of you know country path, and then all of a sudden you'll see all these little silver canisters. Little kind of, they're about three or four inches long, little silver canisters. Oh, yeah, I know the ones. So I, what I did was, like, because this is our crime edition of, uh, of the podcast, I thought I'd sort of investigate because I'd heard about these, these little silver things before, but I wasn't really sure what they were. So I looked them up and I discovered that what they're called is cream chargers, right? Oh. Okay. Now, a cream charger is used in the catering business for propelling whipped cream right so you you sort of attach it to a a sort of a whipped cream canister type of thing and then it's got a sort of a a handle on it and you squeeze it and it kind of you know um it it, it, like chantilly kind of cream or any kind of other cream blasts it forth out of a nozzle yeah absolutely yeah so you can see how much fun that would be um now the thing this is the thing that confuses me because apparently teenagers love them right yeah so if that's the case if that's true where are all the cream cakes and the desserts that they make well i mean yeah it it seems to they seem to do it in the in the comfort of a car park or somewhere like that or in the middle of nowhere as well it's like they're ashamed to be caught creaming by their parents well that's right yeah and you know for teenagers that you know when you're trying to emerge into your adulthood creaming in front of people is not yeah. what you want to do. But what I don't understand is where do they put all the cakes? Do they eat them all or do they, do I they think eat they, the desserts? They probably do TikToks about it or put it on Depop or one of these apps. Well, they, they, they must do something. I mean, the, the only thing I thought of was that maybe they have like kind of birthday parties because there's always lots of balloons around as well, like punctured balloons. So I, I just yeah. assumed that, that they were having a big party or something. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I... Yeah, go on. What are you going to say? No, oh, I think so. I mean, they seem when I've seen the kids out there, you know, they they're trying to do helium voices with the balloons, but they don't realise that unless there's helium in it, it doesn't make your voice do anything. If if anything, they're actually slower and more more deeper, full of voiced uh, young people than than high voiced helium. Well, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them, their voices haven't broken already. So if you if you make them inhale helium or something, it's it's going to sound. Only dogs will be able to hear them saying yeah whatever you ain't all that shut up shut up you ain't all that whatever so the thing is is that but it, only dogs will be able to hear that so only dogs will be able to go yeah whatever you ain't which all that, is shut up probably you know? why they're doing it in these places where it would be lovely to walk a dog out in the countryside so they well, can may, communicate maybe that's it. i mean I, I i did a little bit more research and apparently it's illegal to supply it so it's illegal to supply these cream charges so therefore is it therefore you know a crime to make a cake that's what i want to know well i mean you wonder how these bakers managed to get hold of it do you have to have a license now or well precisely i mean you know if, if that's the case then they're, they're like sort of pushers aren't they like those pushers yeah. that they have in, those, in the cities those drug people pushers and then they do those county lines which i i believe is something like kind of line dancing barn dancing or something i don't yeah, know yeah for all the way from london 
Yeah, they do that and they and they export their dancing, you know, out into the sticks, you know, and, and then all the teenagers in all the villages are sort of having barn dances and Morris dancing and stuff. Something oh my, like that. I, I, I hate Morris dances. It's my phobia. I, I, really? I've got th- yeah, yeah, no, genuinely, I have a thing about Morris dancers. I can't stand like the jolly clack of their sticks, the bells. And um, my girlfriend lives on the street with a Morris dancer, and he used to just walk around in all the get up. And I, I can't <laughs> handle it. I, I have to cross the road or I can't look at them because I think, like, what leads you in your life to become a Morris dancer? Like, how do you even get into that circle? Well, do you want to know something really uh, interesting, Sam? Oh, don't tell me you Morris dance. When I yes, when I was when I was a young boy in in the old days uh, as a young boy, uh, I used to do Morris dancing. So me and my mate John were given the opportunity to well, all of us in our year group were given the opportunity to do dancing of some kind. And everyone chose to do barn dancing. Apart from me and my mate John, we chose to do Morris dancing. And we had the sticks and we had the handkerchiefs and the bells. Oh, and um, and we performed on the village green. And uh, we took part in the International Year of the Child in Cambridge as well, um, doing the Morris oh, dancing. And, and it was all like middle-aged men with beards, you know, drinking real ale and uh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> Camera. And then me and my mate John, who were like eleven, you know. So, um, <laughs> so that that is actually true. I have not made that up. That is actually true. So, I, I am aware of the Morris dancing. I, I have I have danced the Morris before. You've danced the Morris. I well, there you go the then. Morris, yeah. You you've explained to me how people manage to get into the Morris dancing circles. Yeah, you just have to hang about middle aged men with beards drinking real ale. So, <laughs> go to a, go to a. Go to a beer festival. Go go to a camera festival, and then yeah. you'll probably end up, you know, having to Morris dance. Although nowadays it's all six foot apart, isn't it? So you can't really yeah. Morris dance. You'd have to have a very long clacky stick. You have to have a very long clacky stick. Yeah, that's why I, th- I think me and my mate John wanted to do it because we got to hit each other with sticks. <laughs> and you, <laughs> well, you, you just pretend to miss, like you're really inaccurate with the dancing. I I got I got put in detention right. For at school for coming out of school during the autumn and finding the biggest branch I possibly could and bashing this um, huge tree to get all the conkers out. And one of the teachers saw me and then I had to do a detention in the library. So I loved hitting things with sticks when I was a, when I was a young. So. That sounds, that sounds like a crime. It does. And, and that will probably segue into something related to crime. Well, I, I, I want to kind of share this anecdote with you about involving a big stick and a crime because there was this kid in my year. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he was the kind of lad that, um, you know, the one that sort of brings chocolate in for everyone to try and make friends with them. And like, no yes. one kind of really likes them, but you hang around with them to get free stuff. Yeah. He, I remember one time he, he was walking home from school and was playing this game where he would get he'd break a branch off a tree and then as a car was going by, he'd throw it in the road so that the car would crack the big, big stick um, oh, wow. just to like impress everyone who was walking home like as a bit of a prank. But one time, uh, mm-hmm. the stick sort of flicked round the bonnet of the car and mm-hmm. smashed through the windscreen. And, and this, this man got out and just went mm-hmm. mental at him. Did he and kill I, everyone? No, he didn't kill everyone. Um, no, he just went wild at this boy for for smashing his windscreen, and then I yeah. remember the boy. I can't. I won't say his actual name. No, um, 
I remember the boys saying, well, it's your fault for running it over. And the guy just went even more crazy. Who's, then, who's more at fault there? Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, and obviously if he had killed everyone, that that would be everyone yeah. in the world. You could and have then... killed someone if that stick had have flown up. If it had enough force to smash a windscreen yeah. of a Ford Mondeo, I'm sure mm. it would have had the force to say smash the teeth off of a 13-year-old girl or boy for that matter. Absolutely, yeah, because teenagers' teeth, uh, they're pretty Notoriously sturdy. brittle. Well, they're yeah, but they're, well, it's all the sweets they eat, isn't it? And uh, and all the all the the fizzy pop. All the pokey polar that they're always drinking, all of that. Yeah. On a but, on a um, serious note though, that mm-hmm. um those balloon canisters, yeah. one, they're really rubbish. Like they don't they, you can get a better buzz from standing up quickly. And right. um, and secondly, uh if you keep doing them it can it can lead to the deterioration of your spinal column, like your spinal cords. Really? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's like a recent thing because it, it's like quite a, a new phenomenon. But they found out that it, it affects people's spines and it can leave you paralysed if, if you uh, use too much of the NOS balloons. Are you saying it's a drug? Yeah, it's a drug. All, this, all the street youths are, are huffing this uh, nitrous oxide like, like they've oh. got bad teeth and need dental work. Fucking hell, and I did all that stuff about cream cakes. Oh, I bet you feel like a right wally. I do. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, God. Right. Okay, then. Well, I think we're moving swiftly on now. That's yeah. ruined everything, to be perfectly honest. But there you go. Well, we're talking about crime um, yeah. with, within rural communities. Um, oh, yeah. I've got, I've got the scoop. I've got the scoop from a, a crime that took place uh, in a local village called Weston involving some flowers and the murder of those flowers. Ah, um, Yeah. So I'm going to call this um, this uh, feature. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten what I called it, Simon. Help me out. What did I say? It was Psychic Derek Detective or something. So, so, yeah, I've, I've just written down Psychic Derek. but uh, Okay. Well, I'll yeah. play the jingle through the microphone. Yeah. going for a kind of like u2 uh, vibe with the delay there mm. i i really enjoyed the jingle but we did actually lose a listener while you were playing it so oh did we re- well their name was lyrical laxatives so <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well we we I, of that kind of thing that we're doing trying to work out how we lose listeners yeah we're profiling which is what criminologists yeah. do with criminological profiling well yeah because this is this is all about crime isn't it this uh this episode yeah. so uh so yeah when i'm playing this feel free to tell me if it's too loud or you can't hear fuck all and i'll abandon it um and edit <laughs> it in later okay <laughs> I welcome you to the sleepy village of Western Hertfordshire. The civil parish is home to around a thousand people and was a clear frontrunner for 2011's Hertfordshire in Bloom Flower competition. But perhaps that year things would not be so easy for the Westonians. Perhaps a killer would snatch the chance straight from their horticultural hands, their gardener's grasp, but also their florist's fists. The local constabulary was drawing a blank with any leads on the case, and finally bowed to pressure from Western folk 
to hire Derek the Psychic to find out if a local village was guilty of planned murder and sabotage. Hi there folks, I'm just going to bring you up to speed on what's been going down here in Western. Now, they were front runners to, uh, to be winning the Hertfordshire in Bloom Flower competition. But of course, now they've got no chance because some utter cunt under the cover of darkness has come along and has snipped off every hanging basket in the street. And I tell you what, it does look like shite at the moment. There's petals everywhere and uh, the judging's tomorrow. So uh, I really need to uh, contact the spirit world, contact some of the plants that died in this incident to uh, see if we can get to the bottom of this and hopefully squash that rumour that... Um, some bastard from local village Ashwell sent in an imposter to do this, the coward cunt. Derek was getting nowhere fast with this approach. He was sitting in the street with his legs crossed, humming to himself. That was until local biddy Margaret came up to him and gave him some facts. So I've just told Margaret here that my spirit guides informed me about how they actually committed the crime. They didn't use scissors to snip the plants to kill them. That would be too simple. No, they had the tools of the trade. The trade. Sorry, I'm getting annoyed here. They got bolt cutters and snipped off the chains that were holding the very baskets onto those high up street lamps. And let me tell you, a fall like that could spoil the chances of the strongest geranium in a in-bloom competition. Now, there's also been mutterings about who committed this crime, this murder. Even my spirit guide reckons that Margaret used to live in Ashwell up the road, and she's only renting here while someone's doing up her kitchen. Derek thought he'd got his man Derek thought that he'd caught the victim red-handed, but some new information came to light that made the entire town recalculate what had been going on. So I've just used some of my top, top methods to uh, extract some information from Margaret. And let me tell you, she's not actually uh, an easy nut to crack, but I got some info from her. Now, she swears blind, you know, through the tears in her eyes and the blood dripping out of her mouth that she didn't do it and that she heard clattering and engine sounds the night that it happened because she actually lives on the street where the crime took place, which is why I suspected her. Cold hard logic has never been the strong point of our very own Derek, so he decided to get in contact with someone else from beyond the grave just to clarify this information. Now I've spoken to some of the ghosts of the daffodils that some youths kicked over this morning and they claim that at the scene of the crime they too heard this clattering noise and felt the rumbling of an engine. So now I'm going to submit my final theory to you and the people of Western and also the local constabulary. What I think happened was a bin lorry going out doing the early rounds would be just the right height to clip into those hanging baskets and the baskets would have fallen into the back of it and ended up in landfill. It's the only logical way this could have been done because seriously, 
Margaret was telling the truth. I've not had many people last until the end of my interrogations and I tell you what, that makes me think that Margaret's telling the truth and it also adds up with the clattering noise and the engine sound, so, you know, that wraps things up here, I think, quite nicely. Derek's theory seemed to add up. Derek's theory seemed to have solved the case of the baskets and meant that no one was to blame. It turned out that thanks to closed-circuit television footage from the local pub, that Derek had received a bribe and a blowjob from Margaret in order to buy his silence and to pose an alternate theory. She was later found guilty of cutting down the baskets and returned to Ashwell, who were the winners of the 2011 Hertfordshire and Bloom Flower Competition. She was later tried for criminal damage charges, and Derek was tried for solicitation of prostitution. So this just goes to show that sometimes the real crimes aren't being committed where you think. Wow. Wow, that was incredible. I, just, I thought that was... Uh... That was very special. It was a very special little segment, that. That's one word for it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like one of these Rosemary and Thyme things. That's what I was going for. Yeah, no, it was uh, It was fascinating to hear the story and to hear Derek's take on what was going on. And, and, and of course, he is dead as well, so that makes it even more interesting that he's willing to come out of the grave and... Well, it, to us. it was for the 2011 flower competition. I, I'm not sure when Derek passed over to the other side full-time. But, yeah. Um, he'd always been there part-time, hadn't he, sort of dipping his toe into the afterlife? Well, he always, yeah, he always had a finger in the afterlife, didn't he? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, no, but I was, uh, that was that was a, a lovely thing that we've just heard there. Lovely thing. I love <laughs> A lovely, lovely thing. <laughs> it was lovely Atmos, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't William Shatner doing the voiceover. Was it? No, it was. No. It was very good though. Oh, yeah, I, I was trying to go for the guy. You know, you know the guy that talks like that off Tiger King. Oh yeah, that's a good voice. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely your Tiger King voice, wasn't it? Yeah. I was going for a Tiger King thing, but because everyone seemed to love that. Anyway. Um, have you got a crime quiz to move us on from that? Fuck yeah. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm more than ready. I, I can't wait for my crime quiz because I've been oh. brushing up. Right, okay. So uh, we'll start with the jingle then. Here we go. Here comes the jingle. You've done something wrong. You've committed a crime. But what was the crime you done? Let's make it into a quiz. There you go, you see? So uh, there's there's that. And now... I, do you know what? Just sorry to interrupt, but I love the use of the uh, LFO, like the, the weird frequency oscillator thing that you did, did, did like, the, uh, like the phasing effect. And that's how I work, you see? That, that's exactly how I roll. Right. We'll, we'll save this for the audio file podcast yes of course and so i welcome you to my crime quiz all about victorian england oh i'm very okay. pleased to be here it's a bit like cluedo isn't it it is a bit like cluedo that's right you can hear there's sort of thunderstorm and rain outside 
because it's Victorian England. Um, I, I can't quite hear it though, so it might have to not? be a bit louder. Is it? Is that better? I can hear it now. Can you hear the fire in the background? No. Oh, fucking hell. I'll, I'll just do the quiz, yeah? I just thought Send me I'd be professional and put a little bumper underneath or what they call it. But anyway, so here we go. Um, you could be... Hu- right, shut up. You could be hung for many crimes during the 19th century in England, but which of these following are a crime for which you could be hung in Victorian England? So I'm going to give you three choices and you have to choose which you think is the, is the crime that you could be hanged for. Okay. In Victorian England. So, number one, is it A, being in the company of gypsies for a month? Is it B, touching the nose of a high court judge? Or is it C, setting fire to a lobster? I See, I think, um, I think the high court judge knows one because... I think the the you, you've tricked me here, and the punishment for the gypsy would be something like a, a week with a gypsy rather than a whole month. They mm-hmm. they were much more harsh with that back then. So yeah, I'm going to go with the judge's nose. I'm afraid you're wrong. Actually, the answer is A: being in the company of gypsies for a month, you could be hanged for that. Oh. Uh, the other two were, of course, bollocks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now they. Let's see if you can do better here. Question two. Uh, Which of these uh, is a hanging offence, a capital offence in Victorian England? Is it A, putting a Twix inside the corpse of a dead hare? Is it B, masturbating a a gas lamplighter to climax? Shall I do that one again for an edit point? No, I I like the way you called him a gamp. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a gimp except with gas yeah a lamp gimp yeah. yeah no I like that <laughs> we'll keep that in or is it C impersonating a Chelsea pensioner <laughs> so A the Twix inside the dead hair B yeah. masturbating the gas lamp lighted to climax or C impersonating a Chelsea pensioner oh dear I think that uh, a Twix if it were a chocolate bar in the Victorian era Mm-hmm. Would have probably been less delicate, like quite a hearty chocolate bar. Yeah. Because um, they wouldn't have had the chocolatiering skills back then. So I don't know if you can no. fit that in a hair. I'm going to go with the um, the Chelsea pensioner impersonation. And you'd be correct, because yes. that was indeed a crime that you could be hanged for in 19th century you're, Victorian England. You're telling me that wanking off a gamp wasn't real? <laughs> a gamp. Do you, have you seen the uh, the uh, new Mary Poppins film? I say new, it came out about a year ago. No, I've only seen the one with Dick Van Sorry, Dyke. The weather's terrible outside. Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I, I yeah. was thinking about the one with Lynn Manuel, uh, Lynn uh, Michael Manuel, Lynn, Lynn, the one that wrote Hamilton, Lynn Manuel Michael, Lynn. Anyway, I, I, he's in the new one. This, Simon, I've never seen it. He plays, the, he plays the Dickman Dyke character in uh, in the new Mary Poppins, and he is indeed a gas lamp lighter. So he goes around lighting oh. the gas lamps, um, but not being gently masturbated to climax, as far as I remember from the no. film. So uh, no. I don't think Mary Poppins ever... ever that, that scene might have been cut. It might have been cut, yeah, because they didn't have a song for that, so uh, that's probably why it wasn't in. <laughs> right, question number three. Are you ready for this? Uh, Which of these was a capital offence in 19th century England? Was it A, 
stealing from a rabbit warren, B, okay. eating a scotch egg over or near a swan, or was it C, fucking about at the seaside? The swan one, because the swans are like the property of the queen or something like that. So yeah, eating eating scotch egg on them and getting them crummy would would probably piss off the queen. Getting them crummy. Yeah, you don't want to crumb a swan. <laughs> you don't want to crumb a swan, though. That's right. You don't want. Otherwise, Queen them, Victoria yeah. would have you. She would. She'd come over and beat the crap out of you. And then hang you because it's a capital offence. It is. Well, unfortunately, Sam, uh, it's not. No, it's a stealing from a rabbit warren. Uh, uh, eating a scotch egg was bad but it wasn't a capital offence and no. fucking about at the seaside everyone did that in Victorian times so and I apparently still do now in lockdown well they do yeah a bit of politics there but yeah no that's right <laughs> okay question their question number four which of these was a capital offence in Victorian England is it A dreaming it's over is it B being out at night with a blackened face or is it C, teabagging? Teabagging. Because it was yeah, new, so. wasn't it? Tea. Yeah, tea hadn't been done for long. Well, no, that's right. And uh, so uh, that's not the right answer. The Chinese though, but... brought it over, didn't they? What, teabagging? Yeah. Yeah, they, they were all about the teabagging, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they, reading yeah. their teabagging leaves. That's right, yeah. I'm afraid it's not. It's B. It's being out at night with a blackened face. Okay, which is an interesting one because, of course, nowadays the the concept of blackface is completely and utterly um, verboten now, isn't it, in society? Whether that's during daylight hours or at night. Well, precisely, that's right. But of course, in Victorian times, if you had a blackened face, it would probably mean you were out to rob somebody, and therefore you could be hanged. So, or a midnight chimney sweeper. On, on the lookout to be masturbated by a gas lamp lighter, perhaps. Yeah, I just like I just like saying a midnight chimney sweeper because it sounds like an innuendo. It sounds like a song by the Rolling Stones, doesn't it? <laughs> midnight chimney sweeper. Um, and anyway, question number five. Yeah, uh, here's the final one. Um, was it a capital offence to a enter a robin without a license? B write a threatening letter or c dab in a meadow or dabbing hadn't been invented then i can see why that's a trick question that's Um, very clever yeah i can see what you i see what you've done there was it a robin in the first one well entering Entering a robin Robin. without a license i'm afraid not what what competition would you be entering a robin in without a license uh that precisely, that's right. Yeah, a best robin competition. Yeah, that cute robin competition. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't enter a cute robin into that. No, I wouldn't enter a cute robin under any circumstances, no matter how cute they were. You know, <laughs> I think everything would fall apart if you if you entered a cute robin. It would literally um, fall apart. It would, it? yeah, unless you had sellotape. The answer is B. Writing a threatening letter. That was indeed a capital offence. Victorian times, which brings me to the end of my Atmos and the uh, playing again of the jingle. You've done something wrong. You've committed a crime. 
But what was the crime you done? Let's make it into a quiz. And we. we did, and we did. Okay. So there and, you go. Uh, that, that was pretty much like our concept idea for um, Truth or Bollocks, wasn't it? It was really, yeah. It's, it's, it is, I admit it, it was quite derivative. To and be all, perfectly all, the, honest. all the true ones were true, were they? Yeah, they were all true. I got those off the uh, Daily Mail site, although I have now disinfected myself and washed my hands. For yeah, delete your history. To thank you, baked potato. I've done that. Oh, I've, I've done all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so honestly, I'm, I'm going to shield myself for 14 days now because I've been on the Daily Mail site. So. Yeah, you'd better self-isolate. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, just to get that information was, was quite important to me because I wanted it to have the ring of truth. Yeah, I, 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 I off, I'm often in search of the Ring of Truth. Yeah, which is a porn site, apparently. So really? Go. Yeah. Oh, well. Should we move on to the Tisdale connection? <laughs> well, good, good, good segue from porn site to Tisdale. So. Oh well, you'll you'll have to see because um, there might have been some sex tapes stolen. Let's listen. Let's have a listen. It's the Tisdale connection. It's the Tisdale. My favourite part of the show. The, the, the jingle or the feature? <laughs> uh, just slightly out in front is the jingle, but uh, let's see. Let's see what happens this week. Well, in 2009, Simon, a group of mm -hmm. burglars ran riot in Beverly Hills. It was a burglary mm -hmm. gang. And they Keep broke going. into the homes and stole mm -hmm. millions in cash and clothing from the rich and famous at the time. So they, mm -hmm. they stole um, loads of stuff from Paris Hilton, including a <clears> sex <throat> tape and a Louis Vuitton bag. And oh. they, stole, they stole some makeup from Lindsay Lohan. And yeah. they also stole from mm -hmm. Ashley Tisdale's. No. Yeah, they they broke into a home and stole from Ashley Tisdale, quite sadly. Um, and even more sadly, none of Ashley's items were ever retrieved by the police. But the police did manage to give Hilton back her, her some of her underwear. Oh, um, that's good news. That, that well, doesn't happen very often, does it? No. <laughs> Soon after, in 2010, <laughs> it gets worse. Oh, no. Tisdale had another midnight visitor, and it wasn't a midnight mm. chimney sweep. This time... Oh. The police came quickly, enough to catch him in her home. It turned yeah. out, it turned out to be a photographer trying to get shots of her sleeping without her knowledge. It's absolutely true, Simon. Ashley without made her sure, knowledge. Yeah. So when she oh, found yeah. out, they stopped. Um, Ashley made sure that uh, the the perpetrator was only charged for breaking and entering, rather than a more serious crime that the police had actually proposed to her. Can't remember uh -huh. what the more serious crime was, but apparently no. she said no. Give him a light one. Um, now Ashley herself has no criminal record, but has made it abundantly mm. clear in TV appearances <clears throat> that she has committed crimes against fashion in the early two thousands. <laughs> that was <laughs> the Tisdale Connection. It's the Tisdale Connection. It's the Tisdale. Connection. What's the connection between today's topic and Ashley Tisdale? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think I think uh, it was funnier than the jingle. So, uh, <laughs> is it good? But I just the idea of Ashley Tisdale being violated in that way is it's not it's not 
it's no, pleasant, it's not. It? It's not nice. And then twice in as many years as well, like someone being in your home. I, I remember mm. one of my old housemates told me a story about when he was a child, his house got burgled, and the burglars uh-huh. actually—he he was about seven or eight at the time, I think—and the burglars went in his room and they stole his jar of like coins that he'd been saving like, in his room while he was asleep. And I just think oh, that's so man. so wrong. That's terrible. What bastards, yeah. eh? I know. There's loads. He had of a rotten... PSP on the bed. <laughs> Didn't even go Did for he? it. Yeah. Um, Still, what, to that... be honest, I'd PSP myself if I woke up with a man in my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty quick there, wasn't I? I, I was yeah, quick click the on mark. the wrong thing there for the. But yeah, no, that was that was very good. Um, is it time for the interview, or do you think? Well, I, you... I've. I've got a post-it note. We could save the interview for the end. I forgot to tell you I had a post-it note. Oh, yeah, I didn't write that down on my post-its. There there he is, ruffling the post-its, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to play the jingle because it's about a minute and a half long. Um, Oh, okay. I did did make a a shortened version that I will Mm. edit in at a later point. Yeah, Um, no, go for it. But I don't have it to hand. Okay, that's fine. Simon, we've we've had an email in from a man called Leonard Zubecker from New York State. Oh, yeah, and, um, great name. Yeah, it's a legit name. Uh, truth or bollocks? He says this. Mm, yeah, Simon, okay. when mm. you worked at a toy shop in Woodbury Common Shopping Mall in the 1990s, I was Mm -hmm. desperate to get my son the hottest toy that Christmas, the Turbo Mm. Man doll. Mm. I came to your store early to pick up this fast-selling toy, but you told me that all you had were Booster dolls and no one likes Booster. You told everyone lining up that you had one Turbo Man doll and then proceeded to tell us that you had a bucket of bouncy balls, each of which had a number on, and you would raffle the Turbo doll. Whoever had the number 69 would take the doll home. (laughs) After the crowd became restless, you threw the whole tub of bouncy balls into the mall and they went everywhere. After I fought with an Austrian man to get the winning number 69, you said that it wasn't even for the doll after all, but a Turbo Man trading card. Once you awarded me with this card, you fucked off sharpish, yelling, (laughs) it's not even a trading card, you fool. It's a post-it note. And then the Austrian guy and the postman kicked the shit out of me. Did that happen, Simon? (laughs) I'm afraid to say that that is complete and utter bollocks. Oh, even the Austrian man. Every single part of it is complete bollocks. Um, In the early 1990s, I worked for Cowangate, the uh, baby food and baby milk manufacturers in Wells and Somerset. And, uh, And so, therefore, there were no balls with 69 on them uh none none of that would have happened no grappling austrian men or postmen none at all really just lots and lots of bottles of cow and gate milk and and baby food going past me on a conveyor belt so i'm afraid no not oh. true Sorry and then you went on that. to you went on to sea world land didn't you after that i went on to sea world land after that yeah um um ironically I did always yep. have a pack of post-it notes with me while I was packing uh, baby milk on the conveyor belt. Why? Um, because what I used to do was I used to write songs in my head because the job was so boring. I used to write songs in my head and I used to write them down on my post-its. 
and some of those songs appear as jingles. <laughs> some of them, yeah, some of them now, uh, <laughs> nearly 30 years later, are, are now the jingles. So I thought about that, uh, is it a crime, Is in let's do a quiz. Uh, I thought of that 30 years ago in Somerset, and then <laughs> thought, would it be One great day. to do it? One day I'll do a podcast. One day they'll invent iPods so that they can have a thing called a podcast and then I can do one. Did you know uh, that the iPod was actually invented in the 70s? Was like it some, really? Yeah, so I, I, it may have even been earlier than that. I think it was like maybe the 60s. This guy had an idea of like storage mm. and data and music and, and I think he's local to us. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to ask, um, I think it someone I know's granddad or something, there was mm. a lawsuit. Um, I'll, I'll probably put facts in the description if I can be asked, though. So yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed that, Simon. It's funny you should say Well, I did enjoy that, yeah. And it's funny you should say that because uh, in the 70s, I used to walk around with a uh, record player in a wheelbarrow yeah. and some and enormous a, a headphones. Diesel generator, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was largely an iPod, um, but it, I had to manually change it with my yeah. hands. So, um, so yeah. The things we used to go for eh, before technology was a thing. But I have to say, everything sounded much better than an MP3. Wow, that Fire. joke goes right back to the first episode, doesn't it, where I was moaning about bit rates and things. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was lovely. And, uh, and so it was bollocks and not truth. And do you think now you, we're ready to hear that interview? Yeah, should I do the interview jingle? Oh, have you got it? I've got it as well. Do well, no, I've got the it? generic. Uh, I've got the generic interview jingle, and then you could play your your jingle because mine. Oh mine's, yes. Remember, mine's the one that says something about maybe a nonce or put on nonces to the grindstone. Yeah. Do you do that one, and then I'll do my one, and then we'll hear from our interviewee. Okay then. Right here at the Sacred Cow. Sam and Simon are dedicated to bringing you, the listener, the most cutting-edge conversation that they are capable of delivering. As part of this pledge, they put their ears to the ground, their noses to the grindstone, and their voluptuous lips to the microphones, and source the following interview. This is, of course, The Interview. It's an interview with Lenny Cochran. 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 Hello there, Sam. Are you there? I can't hear you there. Are you there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm here, Lenny. I'm here, Lenny Cochran. Hello, my name is Lenny the Cuttlefish Cochrane, and uh, I'm here to, to be interviewed by you. Ask, ask me a question, I'll answer it as best I can. Rightio, Lenny. Well, um, uh, you've got... Gonna, uh, go on. I'm going to have trouble with this accent, but anyway, go on. Then. That's all right, you can keep it. Sounds a bit like that old explorer fella, just a bit more common. <laughs> <laughs> on, anyway, go on, then. Um, you've got an infamous... <laughs> I'm coming. You've got an infamous nickname, Lenny. How did you get that inf infamous well, nickname? Well, I just thought. I just thought before I answered that question, I I just remind you that my sorry, it's these teeth. Uh, I I just thought I'd remind you that my new autobiography is out next month. It's it? called "I Knew Them All: The Fast Life and High Crimes of Lenny the Cuttlefish Cochrane." It's published by Faber and Faber, both of the Faber twins at yeah. once. 
and it's in hardback at eighteen ninety nine. I believe there's all sorts of places you can buy it. Lovely. I'm, search, I'm searching for the right note for this voice, but I, I don't think I'll find it. Keep anyway, searching. And that hardback yes. water-resistant hardback, is it? Yes, it is, yes. You can do anything you want with it, and, and it will always spring back again, good as new. Lovely. Um, so, anyway, you asked me the question, where did I get my the name Cuttlefish? <laughs> well, you see... I'm a diminutive gentleman, you see. I'm only mm. five foot one. And oh. so just like Prince and Kylie and also Nick Kershaw, three of the giants, as it were, of pop, um, you'll see I am diminutive, but just like a cuttlefish, I dart around doing jobs, needling people, getting up in their faces. And... <laughs> Birds like to nosh on me too, so I think that's probably that's probably why I'm called a cuttlefish. <laughs> and and you've got you've allegedly got an East End accent, haven't you? Yeah, I've lived in the East End for almost my entire life. Um, and uh, I the bow bells. I've heard the bow bells when I was born. That was the first thing I heard. And I know that makes me a cockney, but, uh, you know, I'm always cockney in my heart. Yeah, that's see, I'm I'm always a cockney boy in my heart. Wherever I go in the world, you know, whether it's Thetford or, you know... uh, Haringey. Haringey, um, Maidstone, Ida Sheppey, you know, I'm always a cockney boy, you know, wherever I am. Well, it's good to stay true to your roots, isn't it? It is, yes. I was true to my roots, you see. I'm a gopher, you know, I'm a runner. I do dirty jobs all over the place, Sam, you know. But uh, talk, Talking of your, your jobs you've done all over the place, um, yes. what, what was your favourite crime of all time? It doesn't have to be one of your own. <laughs> Well, Sam, I expect you probably you'd expect me to say you expect me to say the Briggs mat or the right. great train robbery when they stole all them trains. But yeah. of course, uh, all of which I was obviously not involved in, as I was at home with the wife watching Netflix. But yeah. um, you know, it was the great Oxford Street jewellery heist of nineteen sixty-three. I think that's my mm. favourite one. So, imagine this, Sam. Imagine this. I'm Imagine. Imagine it now, Sam. 13, yeah, do it now. Do it and continue to do so for about the next 30 seconds. Imagine 30, 13 jewellers, three men, one driver, two hard men, seven minutes, no shooters, no knives, just good old-fashioned punching in the back of the head, psychological terror and suicide through PTSD. You know, and they got away with twenty-seven million pounds. You know, and it's 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 what we call a criminal's crime, Sam. It's a criminal's crime. You know, yeah. it gets studied on OU courses and the like. You know, it's wow. a go-to. It's it's crim criminology. Textbook. It's textbook criminology one hundred and one, Sam. So, you know, that was, that was probably the one I'd say it was probably my favourite of all of all the crimes. I'm just practicing the voice now. Of all the yeah. crimes, there's probably the the one I would say that's given me the most pleasure. Well, you've settled into that voice wonderfully, and that was a I lovely have. crime. Eventually, after about three minutes, yeah. Yeah. Who, anyway, you mentioned two hard men. Um, oh, who is the well, hardest, I love hard men. 
Who's the hardest bastard you've ever met? Who's the hardest man I've ever met? Well, you see, Sam, I knew them all. There was Sam Sam the Hat. Yeah. Oh, sorry, there was Jack the Hat. What <laughs> you, Sam. There was Jack the Hat. There was Don the Sock. There was Barry the Lava Lamp. There was Benny the Settlers of Catan, boxed mint as new. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were all hard men. And, of course, you know, in the news, that Dominic's coming... Um, he's a criminal bastard, isn't he? You know, he's 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 a bit of a criminal, isn't he? He is a bit of a criminal, but he I wouldn't is, say uh, he's much of a hard man. Well, I've I've heard that he can get quite hard, you know, when he's dancing around to Abba. Apparently, he gets very hard at that point. So, yeah. uh, but yeah. I have to tell you, Sam. I have to tell you because I've written it down. I have to tell you that the hardest bastard that I ever knew that would be Kenny the Hare, right? Kenny the Hare. Kenny the hair, right? I'm not having a Turkish, right? He, he had he had beautiful wavy hair. He always used to boof it up before a job. You know, he'd spend hours yeah. with the lacquer and the tongs to get it just right. And then he'd push you in a bath of acid. You know, but the hair, he looked like one of them Italians, you know, in the films, you know, Sophie yeah. and the Wren, yeah. He was, he was a very, he's a lovely man. But I tell you what, I tell you what, Sam. Right? What's that? Because, like, we talk about people that, you know, people that think they're hard, right? Do you know what I was doing the other day? Do you know what I was doing the other what day? What were you doing the other day? I was driving around, right? I was driving around, right, right. in my car. Just, you know, just driving, driving around. Driving around, right? Because at the minute, that's all you can do, isn't it? You can't do nothing. You can just drive around, you know? So yeah. I, was, I was driving around, right, and this bloke... Yeah. He, this bloke, right, he come out in front of me, right? I was driving, right? Imagine around. this. I was driving around, right? And this bloke, he stepped off the pavement, right? And do you know what he done? What did he done? He, he, he stood in front of me. He stood in front of my car. And do you know what I did? I stopped, you know, and I gave him the horn. I was beeping him. Beep, yeah. I was going beep, 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 beeping him. You know, just giving him the horn. Gave him a good honking to. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what he done? What did he done? He gave me the finger. I couldn't believe it, right? No. He gave me the finger. Just as bold as brass, he gave me the finger. I couldn't believe it. Do you know what I done? Cuttlefish. You don't give... I know. If the the cuttlefish gives you the horn, you don't give him the finger. No, you do not give the finger to the cuttlefish. Do you know what I done? Do you know what I done? What you done? I wound down my window... And I gave him a piece of my mouth. I did. I finished him off. I finished him off, right? right. So just, just to recap, yeah. I, get, I gave him the horn. Then he gave me the finger. And yeah. then I finished him off with my mouth. I couldn't believe it. He thought he was hard. Do you know what you I mean? gave him a bit of lip. I did, yeah. I finished him off. Do you know what I mean? So I couldn't believe it, you know. But of course, I'm not going to get like you know the knives or the or the or the sawn off out. Do you know what I mean? Because no. I'm, you know, I don't do that thing no more. But do you know what I mean? He was yeah. trying it on, wasn't he? He was trying it on, Sam. Do you know what I mean? He was. He was getting get taken a bit too far. He was. He was. That's right. Yeah. I'll calm down now, Sam. But and and by that by that point, you were in too well. deep. You have to, you had to react. I was balls deep, Sam. I was. I was balls deep. But you know. I, I, and that I all happened to... while you were driving around. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just, honestly, honestly, Sam, all I was doing was just driving around. That was it. <laughs> you know, just like, as you please, driving around. 
And, yeah. and then all this happens, you know. Blimey. Blimey. I, I, I didn't think when I woke up that morning that I, I would be <laughs> driving around no. and some bloke would come out in front of me. Do you know what I mean? No. Well, there you, you go. You couldn't make it up, could you? You couldn't <laughs> make that up, no. <laughs> There's also a sweet side to you. Isn't there? What's, well, what's the kindest thing you've done for, for another human being? Well, well, Sam, the kindest thing I've ever done. Again. <laughs> oh God! The kindest thing you'll see as I, I brought my, I bought my mother a house. Right? Oh. She already had one, which was smaller. <laughs> So what I did was I bought her a bigger house so mm. she could keep the smaller one in it. Right, oh. um, which was nice because she could go out, but she'd still be at home, uh, which she loved because she was both agoraphobic and claustrophobic. You That'd be good these so, days. So rather like Derek Akora, it was a happy medium. I'm doing the jokes as well, you see. I don't yeah, just yeah. drive around. No, well, you can't <laughs> spend all your time driving around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like Harry, Harry H. Corbett, you dirty old man, I was just driving away. Oh, you dirty old man. I hate driving you. Driving around. Um, oh, Harold. Oh, Harold. Don't, I'll put all the, all, the, all the pickled onions in the egg. You dirty old man. <laughs> uh, I'll do impressions. Harold. I'll do impressions as well, you know. Brilliant. Now, anyway, ask me another question, Sam. I think I will. There are lots of gangster-type books, but they're right. ghost-written. How can oh. we be sure that your book is all you? Well, you know, Sam, I was never the best at school. And being, oh. a, gentle, being a gentleman of leisure, I, I've never needed to write, a, uh, you know, anything or, or even indeed read Italo Calvino's If on a Winter's Night a Traveller. Yeah. Although it was actually chosen by Ronnie and Reggie for the book group that we belong to. But uh, that's another oh, story. It's another story. Just driving around. So I enlisted. <laughs> so basically, Sam, to write this autobiography i've enlisted mm. philip pullman off of ruby in the smoke to help me write it oh, so that was good yeah I, I i like philip pullman so um, we can't be sure that it's written by you then it is in fact well you know i had to have some help but i mean he's such a fine writer he he, he wrote that book about prostitutes in world war one didn't he is that uh, right yeah, War Halls or something. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. All about running around in no man's land and getting blown Running up. around. <laughs> Just <laughs> running around. Well, they had the option with the tanks to drive around, but they decided just to... <laughs> They was running everywhere. The bombs was coming down. All they wanted was just to sleep with somebody for money. But all these bombs come down and they couldn't do it. You know, you couldn't do it during the war. But they still had a smile on their face. They still had a smile on their face. Yeah, my, my granddad during the war, they said to him, you've got to dig a trench. So he started digging this trench, right? Yeah. And uh, he kept digging and nobody told him to stop. And he got all the way down to the earth's core. And uh, it was hot down there. He said, "Whoa, he had to, he had to, not a handkerchief." But you oh. know that that was the war. Don't get me started on the war, Sam, because I'll, you know, I've got so many stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that was a deep story. 
It was a deep story, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, have you got another question? Yeah, I've got me? one more question for you. Go when, on then. When I will. When go when on. go on then. When on did then. you start? When did you first start crying? When did I first start crying? Well, Sam, I was about seven years old, right? Mm -hmm. And I went scrumping for apples in yeah. our elderly neighbour's garden. You know how it is. I know, and I, he caught me red-handed, and he marched me all the way to the police station. But oh. you see, the thing was, Sam, I had them all in my back pocket, you know, due mm. to the blackmail scam that I was running. So not only did the police let me go, they then paid a visit to the old man and shot his kneecaps off with a shotgun. Blimey. <laughs> happy days, happy yeah. days. Yeah, I doubt he did much running around after that. Oh, I don't think he did. He didn't do much running around or driving around for that matter. <laughs> so what I mean? Well, no, I people did. had to do the shopping for him, and he, he didn't say much, a lot for them days. or no. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very it was very sad, really, yeah. but funny. You know, we always yeah. had a lot of fun in yeah. the East End. You know, when we were scrumping and scrumping around, driving around. <laughs> And walking around, around. <laughs> just, going, just going around and up and down, you know. But anyway, it's, it's been a it's been a lovely life, Sam. You know, it I, has. I, I look forward to reading your book in one of the shops. I've enjoyed every minute of it, Sam. And I thought what would be lovely <clears throat> is if you'd like to join me in a little song. I'd love to. What song have you chosen? Well, because the theme of your uh, podcast, I believe, is crime, I thought, why not, if we were to sing together Tony Christie's Avenues, Avenues and, and Alleyways, Alleyways. Well, and, uh, which is all about the crime, I believe that it was the... Uh, it was the, the theme music to The Pretenders or something like that. Oh. Uh, protectors, something, <laughs> pretenders, protectors, something, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> but You've got anyway, some brass in pocket. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So if you'd like to join me, uh, I'm I'd love not, sure, not sure what key it's in, but uh, we'll, we'll give it a I'll, go, I'll, eh? I'm sure you'll go up, down, and then work it out somewhere in I'll, the middle. I'll go, I'll go all around everywhere, won't I? All around. <laughs> all around, yeah. Right, shall we have a go at this then? Here yeah. we go. Here comes the music. Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I can. I couldn't right. hear the weather earlier, though. That's all right. It'll get around to it, I should think. Uh, right, here we go. Here we go. Ooh, right, here we go. One, two, three. Sleep like a baby. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I just don't have the lyrics here. little lady. I'll just say anything you like. It doesn't really matter. Dream till the sunrise. Oh, it's very good. Creeps into your eyes. Dream till the sunrise. Turns on the dice. Could be very high for me. In the avenues and alleyways. What is it that a whole world coming alive? Abel and his brother find one another in and out of every dive. The avenues and alleyways. Whoa. 
Where the strong and the quick alone can survive Look around the jungle, see the rough and tumble And listen to a squealer cry And then a little later in the morning paper Read about the way he died Oh yeah. How are you doing there, Sam? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's lovely. It's basically another verse and a chorus, and that's it. Oh, all right. Here we go. Ooh. Wake up, my pretty. Go to the city and drive around a bit. Stay through the daytime. If you like that sort of thing. Safe in the sunshine, stay till the daytime turns into night. The chorus, ooh, in the avenues of alleyways. Let's go to work out which side is on. Anyway, chooses, chances I loses. No one gets to live too long. The avenues and alleyways. Alleyways. Where the soul of a man is axy to buy. Everybody's wheeling, everybody's stealing. All the low living are high. Every city's got them. Can we ever stop them? Some of us have got to try. Oh, wonderful. Here we go. Big finish. Oh. Here we go. One more. Ooh. There we go. Yeah. Wow, oh. I think you, you briefly turned into Brian Ferry for a moment there. <laughs> that was your intention, Sam. Yeah. Was, You're a big just, fan of Brian. I'm a big fan of Brian, yeah. Very, very much love the Avalon song. That was my favourite. Yeah, Travel on to Avalon. Love that one. Lovely. There we go. We have a bit of a sing song there, didn't we? Yeah, I, I, did, I, did, I did try and join in, but oh, I can't. Oh, no, I can hear I you. There's a very funny bird in my garden I was looking at, and it's uh, oh, doing no. all kinds what, of silly shit. What was it going around? <laughs> just fluttering around. Was it, was it just flying around doing nothing, really? Yeah, I was just a bit of Twitter twat, cheapy chirp chirp. Listen, Sam, you take the piss out of me because you know I know people. Right? I'm not. I, would I take the piss out of the cuttlefish? No, you wouldn't, Sam. No, I know because I'd get a bit of lip yeah. off you. You would, yeah, you would. I'd finish you off with my mouth. So, it's, it's, sorry, it's a voice went there. It's been lovely talking to you, Sam. I'll do the jingle to say that's the end of it. And uh, okay. there you go. Lovely See. to meet you. Do buy the book, everyone. Have a lovely day. Do enjoy yourself, and that is the end of the interview. Bye. What an well, interesting not interview. Now, is it? Well, it, it was then. It was then. I, I should have changed the jingle, shouldn't I? But <laughs> yeah. Wow. He he's got quite a voice on him, hasn't he? He does, yeah. Which one of them, though? I know. He, he did seem to have not really quite worked out the accent beforehand. So. A few distinct phases.
throughout the course, but it was good. Yes, it was sort of, uh, yeah, it was kind of, as you say, uh, a little bit uh, Wilfred Bramble and um, Harry H. Corbett, and then uh, it went a bit Barry from Watford, and then, uh, yeah. And, and then and Brian four, Ferry. Brian Ferry and about four different fast show characters, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, oh, good work there, I think, good work. So Yeah. I think if if there was one of those that someone didn't like, there was plenty more versions for them. I know to you like. could just pick an accent and just like kind of put it on loop, really, couldn't you? But, uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to have some San Pellegrino now. I think. Oh yeah, what the the uh, the let oh, sorry about that. Uh, the lemony kind or just no, just the straight water. one. Just straight, just straight up water. Oh, wow. I tell you what, Costco, go down Costco. I, I, I mean, people won't believe that we're not sponsored by Costco. What but, size? You know, what <clears> size <throat> do they do the Pellegrino in? Oh God, is it, I think it's like a twelve, bo a box of twelve bottles of San yeah. Pellegrino for like chips or whatever, and then you just get them home and whack them in the fridge, and and like you know. You, you can imagine you're at a restaurant because you just sit at the dining table and get a bottle of San Pellegrino on there and all of a sudden you're like, you're in a Prezzo, you know, or you're yeah. in a, you're in a, a Pizza ask, Express. Ask Italian. Or, in, or in, an Ask or a Zizi, you know, like some really fancy <laughs> place. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. the thing. I think I pay about, what is it, pound eighty for a two-litre two bottle of the stuff? Oh, it's cheaper than that at Costco, I tell you. Is it? And they, wow. and they have very wide aisles as well. So the thing is that you know if you if you if if you're worried, you know, and you've got your mask and your rubber gloves on, and you're worried about secondary infection or whatever, it's the place to be, you know. But we we aren't sponsored by Costco, although this could possibly get us sponsored by Costco. Yeah, I, I I've never been, but I've also never heard a bad word said about the good folk at Costco, and I've heard they pass the savings on to you. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is that you know, um, if you if you did go there, um, I mean, some of the prices are so low, they're criminal. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go now and watch the last episode of that Jeffrey Epstein thing. Oh yes, the was it Filthy Rich? Is it called or something? I think his name was Jeff, not Rich. <laughs> Sorry, let me find the Dixie. Filthy Jeff. There you go. You've got half there a horn go. for that. Little half a horn for Jeffrey. Half a horn for Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm going to do is um, I don't know actually. Uh, I was going to watch the first episode of the uh, the first um, uh, Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who. Now, yeah, um, I, I we needed yeah. Doctor Who special for for that one. We do, really. That wasn't very funny, was it? You might want to edit that out. That was just literally what I was going to go and do. But No, I think that's... the fans are, are interested into like a behind-the-scenes look. I mean, it's like what happened last episode, mm. although it did take fucking ages to edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, it my God, such a brilliant a episode. Firecracker of an episode. Can't wait to listen to it again on Acast, Twitter, Spotify, and Podbean. And even YouTube. Bye, Absolutely. Simon. Hey, should we do this again? I'm sure we should. Absolutely. Tune in Bye. next Sunday at four. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. That was smooth. It was pretty smooth, wasn't it? Yeah, but somebody's just come to our door, and I don't know if anyone's answered. All right. It, so. See you, Simon, then. Hello. See you, then. Bye now. Bye.